Hello, I'm Jan Thomas. Welcome to the Simple Life Chat, the podcast series which discovers what it really means to rent. And for this episode, we're using research to examine the future of renting. So on today's episode of the Simple Life Chat, we'll be taking a broader look at the rental landscape. So what exactly do renters look for? What do they want for their landlord? Why do people rent? And what are some of the common misconceptions? We'll be discussing real experiences from real renters who were interviewed as part of a market research report. So joining me today, uh, we have got Vicky Herkim, who is the Director of Marketing at Simple Life Homes. We've got Lauren Spencer and Gabe O'Connell from Trinity McQueen, a market research agency. Uh, so you, you've undertaken quite a lot of market research to figure out what makes the perfect home for people, haven't you? So if we start with you, Vicky, what is it that you were looking for in particular? What were you hoping to learn? So I think for me, built to rent um, as a term and, and a sort of as a concept in the UK is still relatively new. It's It's still pretty much in its infancy, um, whilst renting obviously has been around for a very, very, very long time. But as, as a result, there isn't years and years worth of market research on built rent specifically and where value can be added um, for renters across the UK. And from our point of view, particularly because we're the leaders in what we're doing, we're leading the market in built rent um, housing, specialising in family housing as opposed to sort of city centre apartments. And for me, there isn't a lot of other kind of companies and competition we can look at to kind of look at what they're doing and learn from them. But also, I think I'm really big on wanting to make sure that we're being really proactive. And I think leading from the front is quite a big thing. If we are the leaders, other people will be looking for us. We're sort of setting that example. And I think it's really easy to sometimes think that you know your customers and think you know who the market is and what they want and sort of just assume things as opposed to really do that research to back it up and hear from real people and real experiences. So the main thing from my point of view is making sure that we were aware of who rent, who the modern day renter is, what the kind of what their perceptions are of renting, what are the barriers, what are the benefits, and particularly then how we can apply that to our business. So we, I'm always wanting to make sure that we're as a company developing and we're learning uh, so we can make sure we're improving our product and services and making sure that they're really right for, for our renters. The rental market research piece that we did wasn't just to our renters, it was actually to a cross-section of rent across the UK generally because we wanted to make sure that we were getting kind of a, a broader input. So that was sort of the main the main reason behind undertaking this research. And you did a, a smaller, shorter survey as well, didn't you, to try and, and find out in advance what themes and topics would come up. Was there anything that surprised you at all? Definitely age surprised me quite a bit. Um, I think there is a, a, a kind of a common misconception that rentings may be only for people that are kind of like early adults just moving out out of home. And actually what our research found is I, th- I think it was uh, the average age was about 46 47 um, so a lot older and um, not not necessarily this the stereotype of what a renter what you might assume a renter to be so that that was definitely sort of one of the things for me that was was surprising but lots of things throughout the research I think some some things were very much what we had expected um, and others not not so much 
Renting can still feel like a secondary housing option in the UK. There are quite often these horror news stories that we're hearing. Where do you think it has all gone wrong, Vicky? I think it's interesting because in the UK, we're quite obsessed with, with buying. That seems Buying a property seems to be the end goal uh, for most people. Um, that's just what you're supposed to do. And renting isn't really... Um, most people don't give renting a second thought in regards to a longer term option. And I think actually a lot of that probably comes from the portrayal of renting as well. From our research, we know people are renting for a long time and people are actually very happy renting. And actually, maybe therefore, it's more about the the portrayal of that in particular in the media. Um, If you think about the programmes you might watch on TV, there's a lot of positive news stories in regards to buying houses. So location, 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 all that sort of thing. Um, There's lots of property programmes. There's not any property programmes that are positive that focus on renting. There's a lot of negative ones. So I think that portrayal has a lot to do with it and the the perception of that. And people not necessarily being open and talking about it as much. Um, I think you hear a lot obviously about bad stories as opposed to maybe maybe sort of good stories. I also think incentives um, are very much geared towards buying a house as opposed to renting house um, as a long-term option. So it kind of kind of gives off that assumption that therefore again buying is the ultimate goal and renting is only a short-term option. That's sort of the message, the underlying message that you're getting from all of this sort of thing. And also from our point of view, um, obviously When we first started out, we were offering new build family housing in kind of villages and areas in the UK where ultimately the only other option would have been one-off private landlords. And therefore, across the board, renting kind of can be very, very different for many different people. And that was one of the key themes that came up is this idea of lack of standardisation within the industry. So... People might have a very good experience of renting. Other people might have a very bad experience of renting. All very, very different. Uh, What is expected of them as a tenant, what's expected uh, uh, as a landlord um, is very, very different depending on who your landlord is. And therefore, people kind of always feel, renters always feel like they're on the back foot because they're never really 100% sure of what service they're going to get when they begin their renting rental journey or they sign up with a new landlord. Um, So I I think that's also has a lot to do with it maybe a lot of those bad experiences as well as I said being talked about. I've rented for 15 years Uh, I've never bought a property because I move around with work so much and being honest nobody in my peer group I'm in my mid-30s nobody owns it does seem like everybody is renting but if you read the press if you look at some people's perceptions or perhaps older generations perceptions everybody's buying and it can feel like you're the only one that isn't so do you think that's something else that's been quite common? Yeah, I think so, definitely. And the, the other thing, I think from our, uh, particularly our focus groups, uh, where we had different sort of age brackets come in at different times, particularly the older generation, they didn't really want to talk, they didn't really go out there and openly talk to their neighbours, like their neighbours thought that they did own their house. It wasn't something they were open about talking about. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know whether, that, again, that's because of the portrayal in the media that you should you should own a house by that point that they kind of felt that almost some sort of shame or they just felt that they didn't it's not something that they wanted to share with others and therefore the perception comes full circle and people think it's only younger people that are renting so it's a stigma in a way isn't it it's almost like a sense of shame that they've attached to it because they think oh it's a reflection on my earnings it's a reflection on my money when actually 
as I've discovered, renting has its benefits. If my boiler goes wrong, I can speak to the building managers. I don't suddenly have to scramble for money to try and fix it. And I think perhaps some people are trying to become more aware of the, the benefits of it. Yeah, 100%, definitely. And I think particularly as the maybe the younger generation sort of age now as well, I'd like to think that that perception is going to change. We are becoming very much a sort of what I call a I want it and I want it now sort of generation, I think. And people don't want to wait to save up for a really hefty deposit. They want a lovely house. They want to move out right away. And I think particularly in what we specialize in, because they're brand new, beautiful housing, um, you can get exactly the same quality. There's no difference to what you're, what you're renting, you know, the house you're renting with us and the house that you would be buying. They're on the same site. They look exactly the same. The spec is exactly the same. We're offering that long-term solution and it's at people's fingertips a lot, lot quicker, um, which can facilitate often them being able to have more disposable income and being able to, uh, we've got families that decided, well, I want to go off and I want to spend more money on holidays every year as a family rather than having to save up for a big deposit. If you think about the UK as a whole, we're all going that way anyway. Now you've got things like Netflix and Spotify, um, Apple Music, cars tend to be on PCP most mostly nowadays. You don't tend to buy a car outright. Leasing a car, you can even, I saw the other day, you can even now rent posh frocks for for kind of dues. So it's all going that sort of, you know, pay as you go and rental mentality. So I think it will become more and more the norm in everyone's minds. And this is one for you, Gabe or Lauren. So do you find that you can categorise your renters? Is there a, a modern day renter for, for Simple Life Homes? I think that's um, it's a really good question. Um, and there isn't necessarily a clear cut or easy answer if we're talking about perhaps who renters are demographically, just because it's such a mixture of different people. That's what we know from the research now. I think what we did find was that there is a, a uniting factor um, sort of across or amongst all modern renters that is that they all have very similar needs and desires when it comes to find somewhere to finding a property or somewhere to live and that's how we could begin to perhaps define them or differentiate people so I think the main overarching need or desire was that everyone really just wants somewhere they can properly call home so not just a house or a flat or an apartment um, people really want to be able to make a proper home so we wanted to get to the bottom of what actually having a home meant versus just perhaps having somewhere to live and I think what we found was those those kind of overarching needs it's having somewhere to be comfortable in somewhere you can share with sort of friends and family. It means somewhere you can shut the door on the rest of the world um, for the rest of the day, have a sort of find some sanctuary in. You come home from work and you can properly just relax and switch off and chill out. And I think it means somewhere that um, people can put their own stamp on as well and make their own. So somewhere that people are going to have the freedom to kind of have it as they'd like and, and be able to personalise the property. I think the last thing is just somewhere that's obviously going to be safe and secure for themselves and the family too. So I think those were the kind of overarching needs that we found that people had. But then there were also some commonalities in terms of 
some of the reasons that people might be renting. And that was another way that we uh, packaged things up and we could look at who the modern day renter was. So there was a bit of a split. So some see renting as more of a kind of long-term solution. They want to free up more of the money for other things. So we spoke to people who traveled a lot, for example, who didn't want to be tied down to a house, didn't want, weren't interested in having a, a property for that reason. Um, there are some who are a bit less likely to be renting through choice. So people where it is dictated more by budget and by finance. So not necessarily wanting to be renting, but they're not in a position to buy a house. Um, they could be struggling to save for a deposit or it could be a change in personal circumstances with work or whatever. And then there's those who are um, happy to be renting for the time being, but see it as more of a stopgap perhaps before they go on to purchase property. So they're only thinking of renting in the sort of shorter to medium term. So rather than thinking of the kind of rental market um demographically or as, as kind of age and gender, we were looking at it and came at it more from a perspective of what are people's needs and what are the different reasons that people are renting. There was a point here that I found really interesting where uh, you did a focus group and there was a lady in her 50s who was quite surprised by what she found there, wasn't she? What happened there? So within focus groups, we recruited them actually by um, different age bands just to see if there were any sort of similarities, differences. And actually, a lot of the people, it wasn't just that lady, a lot of the people sort of in the sort of like 50 sort of plus age bracket were quite surprised that there were other people there of their age. And I think it feeds into that whole stigma-esque um, sort of perception that we were talking about before, that because older renters maybe aren't, you know, don't feel comfortable talking to other people about it, maybe they think it's because it seems to other people like they're taking a step backwards because the end goal is this home ownership. They're actually really surprised that there are other people also renting so it's that whole thing, again, where you're sort of feeding into that chain of, um, you know, if you don't talk about something, then how do you know that it exists? It's like an echo chamber, isn't it? And I yeah. think as well, as Vicky was saying, with the negativity, there has always been this cliche that people only talk about bad things. People only talk about when things go wrong. Like you don't often see people shouting from the rooftops about an amazing rental experience they had compared to how many, you look through the papers, how many stories there are of here's how I save for my deposit, here's how I bought my first home, I don't know, earning 15 grand a year. Uh, so perhaps it is changing that perspective. Also, I think in terms of buying a house, um, I think maybe the pandemic made a bit of a difference because obviously there was all of the viewings people couldn't go to. And it's just realising the amount of time it takes to purchase a house in terms of the viewing, all of the process, the steps that you have to go through in the chain as well. Um, did you find, uh, this can go to any of you, did you find that the pandemic has made much of a difference in terms of the feedback that you were getting from people, particularly if many people are working from home now? And the market research was um, actually just before the, the pandemic. Um, so we haven't got the market research sort of demonstrating any particular themes in regards to that. But what I can say is that since the pandemic, from a work point of view, I mean, well, throughout the pandemic, 
we could not get enough houses. It was extremely busy. And I think um, Alice might have touched upon this in the previous episode as well. People started to also appreciate and realise the difference between maybe uh, renting from a one-off private landlord and actually the real huge benefits you can get from renting from a private um, professional landlord and a built-to-rent landlord because we really did look after our residents. You know, there was payment plans put in place. We were really open. We wanted to be personal we wanted people to come and talk to us if they were struggling. So we really tried to help people in absolutely every way we could. We did a lot of kind of uh, a lot of health and well-being initiatives you just wouldn't necessarily get with a one-off private landlord. But a dem- from a demand point of view, it was it was absolutely crazy. And I think people realise actually how secure they really can be in a rental property, especially with a pro- with a professional landlord. What were some of the common themes that came up amongst renters in regards to barriers and benefits to renting? I think there were um, there were a lot of benefits that came out spontaneously when we spoke to people, um, loads and loads. But I think there were three in particular that were the most commonly discussed or the, the most common to have come up. So I think the first one or the first benefit uh, that people talked about is just the freedom that it gives them. So it's just a freedom that they wouldn't have if they owned their own property. So for example, um, some people talked about liking to get a feel for an area before they moved there or potentially move somewhere permanently. So renting for a few months allows people to see what somewhere's like before perhaps committing um, slightly longer term. And you can't really do that unless you do rent. So that's one of the freedoms that it can give you. And I think depending on your sort of personal circumstance as well, it can also give you more freedom over your finances and get you, give you a bit more of a, a bit more disposable income. So you might have decided to retire, for example, or you might be taking a career break. We spoke to a couple of people in those kind of scenarios and you've sold your home and started renting it just gives you that freedom to do what you want with that money that you have so that's the first benefit the second benefit that people talked about is that um, it can give them better choices and greater flexibility in terms of where it is that they might live so people started talking about being able to live somewhere that they couldn't afford to buy themselves either because it was in an expensive area or because it was a bigger house or a bigger property than they could afford to buy and for families in particular I think being able to get somewhere that can fit everyone in uh, where everyone in the family can have their own space that was something that was really important to people and it does work the other way as well so others talked about it being easier when you're renting to downsize so if you've got kids moving out or going off to university you might find that you no longer need you know four or five bed big family house and that the flexibility afforded to you of renting being able to move somewhere that's a bit more suitable or more of a manageable size um, people really appreciate being able to do that and then I think the third and final benefit, I think this is the thing that was probably most commonly mentioned, is just that renting can be much less hassle than earning. So let's say you were talking about this example, Jen, but let's say something goes wrong in your house or your flat, the boiler goes or there's a leak in the roof or something like that. Just not having the burden of having to manage that process and ordeal, not having the financial burden as well of having to correct those issues or those problems is a massive benefit for people. 
And the landlord being responsible for the maintenance and the upkeep of the property is just a big relief and one less thing for people to have to think or worry about. So I think amongst everyone we spoke to, that was that was probably the most commonly um, commonly mentioned benefit. And I think due to some of the inconsistencies within renting and, and what we found within the research, it actually means that some of those benefits can also be barriers. Sue talked about less hassle there, Gabe. Actually, some of us, some people were saying to us, you know, because my landlord is horrendous, actually, it's more hassle. You know, I have to be on the phone 24-7 trying to get them to come and fix a pipe, you know, trying to get them to come and fix the toilet, things that other people, if they have really good landlords, will be seen as less hassle. So I think that's quite interesting. And another barrier that came out, probably one of the main ones, actually, was just around this idea of um, paying somebody else's mortgage. I think there's a bit of resentment um, around renting for some people that they feel that they're actually just feeding into someone's retirement fund at the end of the day. And that can feel people can begrudge that a little bit, particularly if you've got a really bad relationship with your landlord. So I think what it all boils down to really at the end of the day is that the landlord is a really pivotal, has a really pivotal role within renting which I think for simple life is, is really, really important. And another, I think just thinking about the landlord relationship, actually, again, just thinking about that a bit more now, we had some people saying to us that no one treats you like they want to keep you. That was one of the quotes in research. And I think that's quite powerful and quite telling because at the end of the day, renting, some renters see themselves as customers because they're, you know, they're paying for a service at the end of the day. And actually, in a lot of other areas of society, you know, if you're unhappy with a the service, there's sort of things in place, isn't there, to go and complain. You know, you've got statutory rights, there's all sorts of things, layers of protection. And actually, sometimes in renting, you just don't have that. And I think another barrier that came up was just around this idea of making it a home. I think Gabe said that at the start was just around people just really wanting to settle down and feel really comfortable. Actually, because sometimes, depending on your landlord, again, there's different levels of um, decorating you can do to your house so or your apartment. Some landlords let you paint things. Some landlords let you put holes in the walls. Other landlords won't do that. So it very much depends on those sorts of like different things that you're allowed to do that can actually feed into how comfortable you feel. Because I think we touched on that in some of the earlier episodes and, and I mentioned that obviously behind me, I've got lots of pictures and, and things on the wall. My landlord is very nice and it does make a difference for people for making it feel like a home. And it's interesting, as you say there about this perception that they don't want to keep you because particularly in some places I've lived where property is in short supply or it's high demand, you do feel like they're holding it over your head thinking, well, someone else will snap this property up in 10 seconds flat, no matter what condition it's in, because people were desperate for a good price and, and the location as well. So it is interesting to see that some of these things are universal uh, and some, as you say, crossover they can be a benefit for one person and a barrier for another so i guess that's the point of doing this research is it enables you to realize it can be quite difficult to do a one size fits all uh, to to make everybody happy but uh, it's interesting the different feedback that you get so with the uh, the research and everything that you've done are there any things in particular uh, that you're finding that renters are looking for so you mentioned there about the ability to decorate and make it their own but is there anything else in particular uh, that people are wanting yeah definitely i think this can probably be broken down into a couple of different parts so there's what do people expect as far as the property itself is concerned and there's what do people expect as far as 
the service is concerned or the experience is concerned when they're renting. So in terms of what people expect from a, the property itself, there are a few things that came out as being really, really important to people. Um, the first thing is location. So I'll be throwing out a few stats here. Um, 86% said that the location of the property is important. That was the number one factor to people. We know from the conversations we have with people, we saw that the first time, the first thing people, most people will do is look for an area to rent. So they'll narrow down the areas that they want to look in and go from there. So that's the approach most people will take and that's why location is is absolutely key. There were other things that were uh, almost as important though with regards to the actual property itself. So 82% were saying they thought having a really good quality kitchen was important to them. So we know that kitchens are often kind of the heart of the family home. And we spoke to a lot of renters who have had, had perhaps bad experiences or poor experience in the past with slightly older, more outdated, poor quality kitchens with kind of limited amenities uh, poor appliances. So now when people are looking for somewhere to rent, it's important to them that the kitchen is a bit more modern. It's got good quality appliances. If you can get a dishwasher, for example, great. Um, that's that's something that's really, really important to people. The other thing that came out uh, interestingly that we perhaps weren't expecting to is that um, a good proportion of people want a garden as well. So I think it was 61%, so around three in five people who are renting at the moment are looking for somewhere with a garden specifically. Uh, and we know that that's being driven by you know some of those households that are slightly larger, people with families, people with pets as well. And pets is the last thing that did come up. Um, and that's something that some had encountered issues with uh, in the past was finding somewhere that would take pets. And we know that um, I think it's around about half of private renters at the moment have pets, whether it's a dog or a cat or um, something a bit smaller. And people see the pets as part of the family. So if they find somewhere that they really like, but the pet's not allowed, it's a bit of a deal breaker for them. So that's almost kind of at the top of the list of criteria when people are looking for, for a property. And then in terms of what people want from a service or what they want from the actual rental experience, it's mostly centred around um, the expectations from the landlord. So I think there's a bit of a balance to be struck between um, the landlord being professional, but also having a bit more of a human or a bit more of a personal touch. So a lot of people were speaking about previous dealings um, that they've had with letting agents, for example, um, and having never actually spoken to their actual landlord and the person who actually owns the property. And they feel like a human element's been missed they don't feel properly valued. And I think the ideal landlord or the ideal experience for most would be um, having contact with someone who's approachable, um, having good kind of channels of communication. So for example, if you're someone who prefers to uh, to get in touch via email, you can do that. If you're someone who prefers to get in touch via phone and you want to be able to speak to someone, you'd be able to do that. I think there's an expectation that a landlord should, or that people would like a landlord to adapt to, to your preferences. 
And I think the other thing that people expect is a landlord to just be uh, open and transparent uh, in terms of what different set processes might be like. So how do you report a maintenance issue? How often is the landlord going to be visiting the property? How much notice are they going to give if they are coming to visit? These are all the different things that people expect to be kind of notified uh, about and, and are coming to expect from an experience when, uh, when they're renting. It's interesting to hear that and it, as you can see me nodding and it's because a lot of the time hearing this is making me realise it's a lot of things that I had, as you say there, about how many times is the landlord going to come? I think everybody has had one landlord at some point that turns up unannounced. About the kitchen, I lived somewhere that didn't have a working oven for six months, even though it wasn't a cheap flat. There was a lot of microwave meals and things going on. And the pets over lockdown, loads of people have been adopting animals. So I think going forward, that's probably something that's going to increase. More and more people are going to want somewhere that they can have the the animal, particularly if they adopted something over lockdown and they then move. Um, I think that is something that more and more people are going to have to consider or landlords will have to consider. Are there any other general themes that have come up, Vicky, that you found throughout this research? Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about what uh, Lauren mentioned earlier and the whole idea of being treated as a customer. Um, I mean, at Simple Life, we we kind of abolish the word tenant because I think there's a lot of negative connotations um, that people have in their minds with the word tenant. But ultimately, they are customers. So we've, we've worked really, really hard to try and make sure that their whole experience feels like they are a customer and that every part of their journey and everyone they're interacting with throughout the journey is treating them as customers and with the respect that they deserve, essentially. Um, And it was just, I suppose, when we took a step back and really thought about it, it's quite an obvious point, but not something we really considered that with renting, I don't quite know where along the line the roles reversed, but it does feel like that's happened. And it kind of feels like renters often feel like they're almost the landlords doing them a favor by giving them a property to rent. And that should not be the case. So I think there's a massive imbalance there that I think is hopefully changing, particularly with built rent coming, uh, you know, coming in, into fruition and uh, getting bigger and bigger across the UK. But the idea of giving the customers a lot more control, empowerment, um, and just having a bit more of a balance with the landlord and resident relationship, really. And one of the key things about that, I think, and again, it wasn't really something I ever thought about, but when we're doing this research and having these conversations, it's really quite surprising. If you think about most other services and, and products that you buy, usually you know who you're who you're purchasing off um, or who you're, if it's a mobile phone contract, for example, you know about the, the provider. You might do your research on the provider. You've, you've heard about them. You might look at reviews and ratings. For some peculiar reason with rental, actually, you tend to see the listings on Rightmove or a portal like that, for example. But very rarely do people actually know very much about their landlord until they're actually physically renting and they're in the property. So we wanted to really try and make sure that the brand was brought up front um, from the very offset, uh, which is why the listings, you can see that you can see the brand there. We try and include as much information as possible uh, possible about the brand and what they can expect when they're renting from us and who we are as a landlord and what our values are um, to make sure that that's kind of part of their journey. And they can can consider that when they're making the decisions. Um, And I think things like the review, there's a lot more review websites now that are specifically even for um, rental um, and for developments and housing now 
there's one called Home Views that we've we've literally only in the last few weeks set up an account with, and that's a, an ability for uh, people across the UK, whether they're buying or they or they're renting, but essentially they can uh, rate the development that they're on uh, for others to see. So I think bringing that experience and the recommendations up front in that decision-making process is really important. Um, even the likes of Airbnb nowadays, you can see that's becoming more of the norm. So you might have a host profile and rating. So that's really important for us as well and making sure that Simple life is considered in that decision-making process. And we're really, uh, going back to that sort of gray areas, we're really filling those gray areas and we're making sure people are really aware of what, what they're getting when they when they rent with Simple Life. I think that is a really interesting point. As you say, I am one of life's researchers. Uh, so if ever I'm booking a holiday or a hotel or even going out for dinner, I am looking through those reviews uh, and checking. And it, it's not something, I think there was a tweet that went viral earlier on this week where somebody said they wish that they could get references for their landlord, seeing as they're having to provide references to move in. They would love it if they could get one from the previous tenants saying, oh, they never didn't do this, they didn't do that, they didn't return my deposit. So it does seem like people are starting to want to know more and it's something that they are starting to think about. So we've covered a lot in this episode, talking about the market research that you've done, all of the different findings, if you could condense it down, if you could boil it down to some of the most key things that you've learned in a few words, how would you describe it if we start with you, Vicky? I think for me, it's definitely, um, I, think, I think a lot of the research in regards to sort of the, the barriers and the benefits, I think were sort of along the lines of what I was expecting. So I think for me, it's probably a lot more to do with just being, having that awareness about the gray areas of renting um, and, and the fact that everyone's experiences have been completely different. Uh, but particularly in my role as well for Simple Life is how, how can we try and reduce those gray areas and how can we also set the standard for the rest of the industry and really try and um, strive to be as best as we can um, so that others hopefully also follow that lead. I think the, the the main thing for me is that there is still a bit of a need to reframe the way that some people do perceive renting. Um, I think like Vicky mentioned, a lot of the findings in terms of the, the benefits of renting and some of the, the supposed barriers to renting weren't necessarily surprising. But I think what is perhaps surprising is that those benefits of renting are not particularly top of mind for people and they're not what people think of first when you talk about renting. So I think it's trying to shift the conversation on and just make the whole idea of renting um, a bit more positive so that people see it as, as a more positive alternative to um, to buy in a house and see it as a viable alternative um, to buy in a house long term. Cool. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. And there we have it. Thanks again to all of my guests on this edition of the Simple Life Chat: Vicky Herkham, Lauren Spencer, and Gabe O'Connell. And as always, you can get more information about the renting process at the official website, simplelifehomes.co.uk. That's it for now. And in the next episode of the Simple Life Chat, we're looking at sustainability and the environment initiatives that Simple Life Homes and their partners have committed to. 